figure out your one your one key message, three max. Mm-hmm. And and those should be things that you can say in 10 words or less. Mm-hmm. If you're saying any more than 10 words, you haven't nailed it down enough yet. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, and welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. It's hard to believe it. It's been a year and 39 episodes since I launched this podcast, and I've been thrilled. The chance to talk to so many bright guests, to learn about leadership communication, to hear their stories, and ultimately to connect with you, the listener, has been tremendously rewarding. I want to thank you for listening to some or all the episodes for all of those of you who have given me feedback, who have shared your favorite episode, who've commented. It's been truly uh, a great experience. And I'll be back for a second season next September, uh, but this one is not done yet. And today uh, I have a guest, someone who I've known for many years, tackling a subject that many of my clients have trepidations around, which is how do you present to the board how do you present to senior executives and do so with confidence, conviction, and ultimately inspire them? My guest is Elizabeth Calder. She's an author. She's a CIO. She's a board member. And she'll tell you more about exactly what you have to do to shine in front of those senior audiences. Enjoy the episode. So my guest today is Elizabeth Calder. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And I think we, we first met, what was it, almost 15 years ago? Yes. And you were uh, More than CIO. 15 years ago. You, know, you were CIO for Loyalty One, which is better known to most consumers as Air Miles. That's right. And then we reconnected just recently when I saw, I believe, on LinkedIn that you had written a book. Yes. And uh, you reached out and we got together for coffee. Yes. And we my connection with the Humphrey Group has been close to 25 years because really? I was one of the instructors for the early programs that the Humphrey Group developed at IBM. No kidding. And I had the opportunity to take the Speaking as a Leader program when I was a senior leader at IBM. I did not know that. So that's what, I did not know that. That's, wow. what, that's what created the enthusiasm wow. on my part for your programs, which is why I brought it into Air Miles. And I, I take it with me everywhere I go. See, this is why I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I'm, I've learned something new. And you're you're a woman of many talents, as you are now a published author. Congratulations on that. Thank you. When when did the book come out? In May. In May. And it's called Duty of Care, uh, an executive's guide to leading in the digital era. So congratulations. Thank you. What's the book about? The book is based on my realization that senior executives avoid technology conversations because they don't understand the technology when in reality the things it's not just the things that can go wrong like cyber risk but the opportunities that they miss because they don't have the vernacular Hmm. Um, it's really very limiting for senior executives so it's equipping them to understand how to lead in this increasingly digital era exactly and and that really ties to your other 
uh, talent and deep expertise, which is as a uh, chief information officer. That's right. And you've been uh, obviously a chief information officer for since I met you uh, when you were at Loyalty, and today you are chief information officer at Home Equity Bank. Yes, I've been a chief information officer since 1997 when I was in that role for IBM Canada. And you've been uh, also a certified director, uh, and you've sat on boards since 1983. Yes. As we discussed, the boards hired children. Yeah. <laughs> You're very kind. The practices have changed now, right? You're very yeah. kind. So the reason all, all this collective expertise uh, piqued my interest as, for this podcast because one of the things I know in the you know, 20 years we've worked with executives and future executives is when it comes to communicating to senior leaders, there are two refrains I hear. One is from people who are asked to go to speak to executives or go to speak to boards, they say, I'm scared out of my mind. I don't know what to prepare. I don't know how to deal with them. And then when I get there, uh, my presentations, my questions are, are, or my remarks are hijacked. On the other side, I hear senior leaders and board members say, these people do not know how to present to us. They don't know how to communicate to us. And so you have sat on both sides of this. You, have, you've been, you are an executive, you're a board member, you advise both. And so I want to have you on to talk about what it takes to communicate with confidence at the board, at the executive level, in formal and informal situations. So for me, my journey has been an unusual one for technology because I started out, I would say, as a technology avoider. Mm. When I did my MBA, I got a little award um, at Ivy from the profs at the end of the program because I was the person that they had noticed had not ever in the program gone in the computer room. Um, And so I was partnered with engineers and I let them do the technology stuff because I could do the communicating and the writing and the building presentations and, and all of those things as part of a team. I avoided technology. And I've since then developed into what my friends tell me is full-on technophobe. <laughs> and not the typical CIO profile. Not your typical <laughs> CIO profile. So I had, I've had the need to do a lot of introspection on why my unique profile works, at least for me. And I realized that the differentiator is communications. Mm. So because I don't get all excited about talking about technology, I... I continually bring the conversation up to put it in English, make it a management conversation. Um, I live in an industry where, by definition, most of the people in my industry are introverts. And so the fear and the anxiety and the inability to prepare and then feeling as if they got hijacked because they they didn't know where conversations were, were going or why they'd gone there is a is a fundamental attribute that everyone in my industry is going to experience in communicating. It's one of the reasons why, for example, I'm so fond of the kind of programs that, that Humphrey Group offers. I take my senior leaders in almost every job I'm in, mm-hmm. and I bring one of your instructors in, and I run that program for two nice. days because as an industry, we need to get over it. We need to learn how to communicate in, in a way that at least keeps our head above water. You know, it's never going to be perfect, but... And I think what you said there is, is really worth honing in on. You said we need to learn how to communicate. And, and I think that's, that's a key, that there, you, know, you can demystify it and then build the capability so that 
when you have to go speak to a senior audience, you can be ready. Yes, exactly. And I, and I believe that there are things you can do and there are steps and disciplines that you can take. It takes a little bit of practice. Mm-hmm. It takes a desire to. So let's start with that, that audience, the board members or the you know, C-suite team. Take me into their mindset because I, I mean, I, I think if you're going to prepare successfully for, let's say, a formal opportunity where you've been asked to go to the board, go to the audit committee, go to talk to the CIO and his or her team, you should start by thinking about what, as you said, what they do want to hear and what they don't want to hear. So take me into their mindset. Okay. That's, it's interesting because I, at this stage, my observation is my book has almost become more relevant to the technology people who want to learn how to communicate with boards necessarily, you know, I'll work up to the boards wanting to understand technology because it is a very different thing. A board a board member and even a CEO, they do not want to hear about a strategy to go into the cloud. Hmm. It, you know, as soon as you're going there, you're having the wrong conversation. They want to understand the business outcomes. They want to understand the business risks. They want to understand what's what's going to be different. Why would I do this? Why is this important to me? And it's not about graceful technology solutions. So you have to know with your topic, you know, because whether you're a technology person, then you have to know what level of granularity and detail they are interested in. How do you learn that? So find an executive, even if they're not in your organization, where you can practice something. You can say, okay, I need to go and talk to the board and convince them to spend $5 million on cloud. I need you in a room with me with a whiteboard for two hours. You help me make that you help me with my message. Eventually, it'll start to come naturally. But go and don't go and talk to the other guy in IT. If you're the infrastructure dude, don't go talk to the CIO because they may not know either. Find find some loving critics. Find some people who will be helpful to say, okay, well, that you know that 15 minutes you just spent was really interesting, but I still don't know what's going to be different or why I would do this. So you need to to really get someone who can kind of play that part for you. Yes. So, you know, I think first of all, find find that loving critic, help your, make it easy for yourself, help yourself, do, do like read articles online that are board level and executive level articles talking about cloud and, and, and learn some things from those. The other side of it is you will help a lot with the eyes glazed over problem if you can find a way to be relevant for them, if you can find a way to tell them something they didn't know. How do you know what level of depth and knowledge that your board will have? Assume your board will have none. Okay. Because what you have to assume is, what am I going to tell the board? And, And it's about the business what, not the technical how. How do you actually then prepare? You know, what would you advise someone to do to get ready for a presentation? And what would you advise them not to do? <laughs> the toughest thing that I see for technology people is we overcomplicate. There's just way too much. And so the first thing is, what's your one key message? Figure out your one key message, three max. Mm-hmm. And, and those should be things that you can say in 10 words or less. Mm-hmm. If you're saying any more than 10 words, you haven't nailed it down enough yet. That's where your loving critic can help you. The second thing is know what you want as the takeaway at the end of the meeting. Mm-hmm. The stuff in the middle then comes down to developing the capability to actually conduct the, mil- the meeting. So 
if I've got my one key message for the board, I have an opportunity for you. Yay. Mm-hmm. Do tell, they say. That's where then I have my story. Right. And my story needs to start out with me actually writing a script. Mm-hmm. Write it out. Mm-hmm. Practice it. Say it out loud to your loving critic. Right. And if you say it Rehearse out loud to your... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you start by saying it out loud to your loving critic and edit the heck out of it because mm-hmm. your story is probably going to start two pages. And, you know, you get it down to something that your loving critic says, that's a good story. Right. And it's probably like a minute maybe, but it's right. a story. It's an engaging thing. Once you've done that script, mm-hmm. then you practice it and, and learn it mm-hmm. so that you can say it sticking to the script from two or three bullets on a page. Mm-hmm. And then when you're actually presenting it, you have the confidence that your story is good, your message is good, because you're not reading a script anymore. You can watch the room for the signs that they're engaged. Hmm. And if you see disengagement, it's okay to pause and say, is is this making sense? Is this resonating? As long as you're, you're seeing that things are good, you can kind of keep on going but in total, so far you've taken maybe four minutes. Right. And you haven't built a massive slide deck. You may be done one slide, maybe two. Then what you can do is you can say, so that's the message at a really high level. What else can I tell you? Hmm. So give it to them. And and then you listen attentively to the questions. Doesn't mean, you, and, and I know like technology people, oh, well, I don't want them to ask questions because I may not have the answers <laughs> ready. Well, you don't have to have the answers ready. If it's a question that you can answer because it's at a high level or it's conceptual or what, you, you do your best to, in a, in a proper way, answer the question, but it's okay to say, you know, that's a really good question. Let me take a note. If they come back and say, okay, so what would that look like? What would we have to invest? Maybe you've thought about it and you have a high level chart. Maybe you say, we haven't done that analysis yet because I didn't... I, I needed to know that this was of interest to you. Leave it with me. I'll come back in a week. Those are all things. IT people are fundamentally not comfortable with saying, I don't have an answer hmm. to that question right now. Um, and, and so I think we, a lot of people hesitate. with deep expertise beyond yeah. the IT world feel that same thing. And particularly when you're in a, a state of perhaps anxiety because you're dealing with such senior people, yeah. that feeling that I'm here for my expertise what I'm is acute. And so what, what you're saying is, your expertise may have got you to the table, but what you want to think about is that compelling idea. You want to think about having a conversation around that idea, not about being this kind of all-knowing expert. Is that right? You have to you have to stay on the idea. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said at the beginning, you have to know your key message and you have to know your takeaway. Mm. The t- if the takeaway I was after in that conversation was, oh, that's really interesting. We'd like to think about doing that, they say as they look down the table at the CEO. The board doesn't care how we do it. The board doesn't care what we have to do. A board is meant to be what they call nose in, fingers out. So what does that mean? Well, nose in, fingers out means I've stuck my nose in and I've said, oh, cool. We'd like to think about that. Now I, I, I put my hands back. It is not my job as a board member to get into the what that takes, who's going to do it, what they're going to do exactly, how to get it done. That's the CEO's job. That's the CEO's job. It's the board's job to say, Yes, that's interesting. That's their job. So if the board says, 
yes, that's interesting after they've asked their questions and you've done all your thing. And the odds are good they're not going to ask what it costs and they're not going to ask what it takes. They're going to ask questions about um, is anybody else doing this? They're going to ask questions about the marketplace. They're going to ask questions about the competition. They're going to ask those things. They're going to ask questions about market data. You answer those. You answer the questions that caused you to formulate your hypothesis in the first place. Then they're going to look at the CEO and they're going to say, "Cool. Um, we at our next meeting, we'd like to we'd like to, you know, see what you're going to do with this. We think this is a good idea." That's as far as a board is going to go. But the takeaway there is that you have the opportunity to see the board, look at the CEO, and say. Right. Do staff work, time for staff work. And I really love what you just described because you, you've made it very clear in a way that I don't think I ever fully defined the difference between the board and the executive team. Yes. And, and I think it's important for anyone going to those audiences to communicate with them that you understand that distinction because that's further going to shape what you prepare. Well, yeah, exactly. If you understand the difference, then you're never going to go to a board with a project plan or a budget or a timeline or critical success job. factors <laughs> right. because that's not the place for that conversation. Right. The place the place to engage the board is this this is a point on the horizon. This is a vision. This is something that that you can consider in your in your thinking about the competition in the marketplace and how to differentiate or how to grow or how to whatever. What would you say the top mistakes that you see people make in their preparation as being? In the digital space, it's it's a misalignment on the conversation that the audience wants to have in the first place. So once you've prepared, let's talk about in the moment. <laughs> you know, so you've done your work, you're coming in with this great story, you've got a, you're, you're aligned, and then you get there, and it's intimidating, right? You know, describe for someone who may never have gone to a board to present to a board, like just paint the picture for us of what the room is like, how it's set up. And what, um, what it's like the, to go in. The difference in a boardroom, whether whether it's technology or whatever you're there to talk about, the difference in the boardroom is they are very smart people who form conclusions quickly. The material that's provided in advance, on average in a boardroom, you can assume it has been read. So you really have to make sure whatever was provided in advance was the right stuff. Because I I have read the stuff I formed an opinion I am already so don't regurgitate it <laughs> don't regurgitate it and 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 make sure what you send me drives go back to you know here's the key message and here's the outcome make sure that what you've sent me in advance channels my thought there but I'm sitting at the table I've already formed opinions I may have already developed in my mind some questions I want to ask you know they're right. they're thinking fast and it may they may be thinking fast when they shouldn't. Mm. They may think they know more than they do, but on average, They're pretty you've got 11 minutes on the agenda. Right. Some of them are already thinking through to the next yeah. thing because their eyes have glazed mm-hmm. over. So you've got 12. 10 people sitting around the table. Um, are you then called to the table? Do you enter the room? Like, what happens? Um, on average, you can picture yourself sitting with your briefcase in your lap in a comfy chair outside the boardroom. They open the door and say, it's your turn now. You have about, if you've got it, this is why you don't want to have a presentation. If you've got a presentation, you have about 35 seconds to get it up on the <laughs> screen. Better off not having it. Um, and the minute you are in the room, you'll get 30 seconds of pleasantries and introductions. They know who you are. You won't remember who they are, so do some homework in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, you can Google who people are. Mm-hmm. Know who your board is. 
know that that one's the accountant and that one's the, mm-hmm. you know, infrastructure person because we we do bridges. Know your know who your people right. are, because you're going to get a very brief period of time and then it's okay go, and you need to be ready. But you have about two minutes to get them to look at you and have a conversation or look at their bo- book, be making notes, be thinking about the next presentation. And this is why it's so critical that you don't regurgitate what's on the slide deck, that you get to that story right away, and, that message and, and story. And that the story, like a, if you're telling a story, you can be making eye contact. If you're telling a story, you can be looking around the table. If you're telling a story, you're not looking at some notes on, on, on the table in front of you because Almost everyone, if they realize you are looking at them, they will look back at you, right? right? So you have to be at the front of the room ready for to, to get them to engage. And that's useful no matter what mm-hmm. the meeting is. I think it's such an important point. I was, I was prepping someone, a new chief internal author, to go to a very senior board. You know, She had sent the pre-work and she, and she, she had a presentation she was going to go through. And I said, after the message, why don't you ask them what the top three issues on their minds are? She said, what? Get them started talking. And she said, oh, but, but I can do that? And I said, absolutely. And so I think there is a, and this is a very senior person, I think there's a fear uh, of doing that. And I'd be curious, your perspective, why that is. Well, it's, it's the notion of, oh my God, I'm going in front of the board. I have to be prepared. I have to have a pitch. Mm-hmm. I have to be, um, and and." Th- we can all have the perception that they'll think I'm not prepared if I come in by and, and start by asking them a question. Hmm. But above all else, you've got to take that first two minutes and get everyone looking at you. Hmm. And if you and, and if you're not comfortable with that, go and find opportunities to speak at conferences. Right, to build that capability. Do other things. Get yourself comfortable with the room. You need the room to present at a board level and even at at an executive committee level. Mm. You need to learn how to be comfortable with people looking at you because if you don't get them making eye contact in the first two minutes, you've you've lost the conversation. Mm. So then you get them. Now you're into it. You've done, you've grabbed their attention. They're intrigued. They're engaged. What is the key for the remainder of the time to be successful? Know what, know the outcome you're after from the conversation and, and, and stay on point. And that doesn't mean if someone, you know, corporate directors go squirrel as much as anybody else, (laughs) right? Um, If someone takes things to the side, Mm -hmm. take that conversation for a minute, mm-hmm. offer to take it offline outside, because you'll get some. And how do you do that? I mean, what do you actually say to someone who's who's extremely senior and experienced? Ask some tangential question. How do you respectfully that, move it back? You say, that's a really good question. The short answer would be, mm-hmm. and if you want to talk about it more, I'm glad to come back down when you guys take a coffee break and talk to you about it more. Because hmm. everybody else in the room you're going to lose right. if you do more than the short answer would be. So you do... Give them what they need in yeah. brief. Yeah, and and offer to come back right. and 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 you know because they take a coffee break and there's nothing better than if it, one right. of the directors wants you to come back down to coffee and talk about something. You're talking about again. Hmm. So you get through the middle. You've had this discussion. You've kept them engaged, kept them on track, and then you realize you're coming to the end of your time, or someone informs you that you're coming to the end of your time. How do you wrap? Um, that's where you know what your outcome is. It's perfectly appropriate at at an executive or board level to say. Um, so 
this has been a really good conversation. I've learned things too. You, you can look at the CEO rather than the board at that stage. Mm. You know, what you want me to do next on this topic if this is something that's of interest. Right. When you get to your wrap, when you get to your conclusion, when you get to the outcome you need to drive, understand who is the person who is going to make that call? Who is the who, who gets the voice, who gets the vote? And so don't just randomly look around the room. Look at the correct person. If you are- a, And know that person in advance. And know who that is. If you are the staff person presenting to the board, that person is always the CEO. You never have to wonder. It's always the CEO. And so you have a question ready to pro- pose. Um, okay, so you know this was a great conversation, blah, blah. What action, if any, would, would you like from me? And you pose that question to the CEO looking at the CEO. That is always the hierarchy in the boardroom. I want to end by asking one more thing, which is all the things you've talked about so far relate, have been in the context of how you prepare to go for a formal opportunity to a board or to an executive committee. But we know that these are not the only situations where you interact with these very senior people. You often, you know, the most cliche, but real one is you could run into a chairman of the board in an elevator. Yes. Or you could run into the CEO at a, at a party. What, if anything, that you've described changes in that context? So your, your homework is different. And I would encourage anyone who aspires to senior levels to not just think about the board, but think about their, their executive committee. And once you get to a senior leadership level, your peers as well. People talk a lot about the fact that sometimes you need to just close the door and think sometimes. Mm-hmm. A really good close the door and think exercise that in my experience you need to do at least quarterly if not monthly is if you think about your org chart going up to the board, what's the top issue for each of those people? What's the most important thing that they're thinking about? And then what would you have to say that's relevant to the top thing that they're probably thinking about. And so you you don't have to have a prepared script because mm. who knows what you're gonna get in an elevator. But you do need, if, if you know what you think that they're thinking about in your context, then you can sort of anticipate the question you're probably gonna get in an elevator. Um, you know, so I've been in lots of environments where there was a lot of technology and infrastructure work being done. And, you know, you get in the elevator with the CEO. If the CEO is thinking at all, you can pretty much bet what they're going to say. So you guys are doing a lot. How's that going? Right. Be ready. (laughs) Have a sentence. Right. You know, think it through because you, and, and, and if there's something that genuinely you, you want to say, um, take the opportunity to say it. So there's a big difference between saying, oh, you know, good, fine, it's all good. Okay, well, you've just shut down the conversation right. with the CEO, first of all. What are you going to do for the other 42 floors? Right. <laughs> um, but the other side of it is, if what you want to say to the CEO, if what you should say to the CEO in that moment is, it's going really well, I can't tell you how helpful it's been that the sales guys do the weekly call with us to make sure we're on track. It's going really well. I can't tell, tell you how helpful it's been that we got to bring in those three project contractors. Or, well, 
you know, it was kind of challenging the last couple of weeks, which is why you've seen more notices coming out that we were doing work overnight and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been a tough couple of weeks. It's going to be a tough more, two more weeks, but I believe we're on top of it. You know, appreciate you asking. Right. If, Much more impactful. Well, it at least looks as if you're on top of stuff and you've got something to say. And what I'm hearing is that all the prep that you talked about doing for the board, for the senior leaders, you know, understanding what's relevant to them, understanding what, what gets them excited, what gets them interested, what risks they should be aware of. It's the same process. And, and so you're, you're training yourself to do that kind of thinking, that kind of communicating in anticipation also of these unscripted moments. Right. And, you know, I actually, there were times at IBM when I actually, because there weren't offices, so, but I had a cupboard door in my binder bin. Yeah. And I actually had a, a, a set of post-its up there that I would contemplate with a cup of coffee once a week. So if any of the senior executives, you know, if I, if I, was, I, I was the CIO reporting to the country general manager who is Ed Kilroy, if I happened to find myself in an elevator or walking down the hall or in the cafeteria line, which happened often with Ed Kilroy, yes, I report to him, but that doesn't mean that I'm going and seeing him a lot. Right. So you got to seize those moments. I, I've, I've got to always know what, what would be my message today right. if, I'm, if I'm in the cafeteria line beside Ed Kilroy or John Bothwell. And as soon as your post-it little note to yourself on that conversation changes, you have to be alert and on top of, okay, uh, we finished that project last week. What's my new post-it? You always, you, you just always have a thought so that you're not without a thought. Well, this has been invaluable because, you know, I'm coming away with great clarity of kind of going into the mind of a board member, understanding how distinct they are as an audience and how diverse, you know, because of the expertise they bring. And hopefully anyone listening is, is coming with real clarity about the fact that these are people who want to have that conversation with you. They want you to bring ideas to them that are relevant to their scope. Uh, and if you can do that, you don't have to present. You can actually have a dialogue with them that can be tremendously exciting. I mean, that's the other thing I'm taking away. Like, it's fun. Yes, <laughs> it's it fun is. to have these discussions. And I can see why you're so good at it because, you know, because you're a technophobe, a self-professed technophobe, that you gravitate to these conversations. And that's why uh, so many companies have wanted you as their CIO. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the Inspire podcast. Where can people pick up Duty of Care? If you go into Amazon and put in Duty of Care and look, put in Amazon Calder. Mm-hmm. Um, there are four or five different books. One is a, uh, one has something to do with going to the gym and exercising. I don't know, lots of people seem to grab on right. that duty of care message, but it is a meaningful phrase from a board perspective. Right. So pick it up. Look for duty of care yeah. and find me. That's great. Well, I look forward to finding it and reading it and learning more. So thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Elizabeth, who has some great insights on what it takes to inspire and do so with confidence at very senior levels. Of course, what she talked about is useful. Even if you're not going to the board, uh, it's great practice to envision what you'd have to do to be prepared uh, when you get the chance to do so. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I hope you enjoyed the whole first season of the Inspire podcast. 39 episodes, ton of great guests. Uh, amazing conversations. It's been a true privilege 
And thank you for taking the time to listen. We had over 15,000 listens to this first season. And uh, I take that as validation that we're producing and uh, content that is helping you inspire. Uh, This summer, I'll be hard at work on the next round of interviews. We have some broad themes that I'll reveal in the fall uh, around what it means to inspire in a world that is changing, that technology is changing, that uh, where we're expecting different things of our leaders. We at the Humphrey Group are, are delving into those themes every day, and I look forward to having that uh, thinking shape some great conversations in the fall. If you've enjoyed the podcast, as always, leave a review. And uh, an additional favor I'm going to ask of you, we're going to have a survey for guests. If you've listened to an episode, it'll be on our website soon. It'll be on our LinkedIn page. Uh, And take five minutes. Let us know what you enjoyed, what you didn't, so we can keep producing content that resonates. Thanks again, and go forth and inspire. A few shout outs to people who have made the Inspire podcast possible. In the Humphrey Group, it all started with Robert Duckworth. He's uh, teaching English in Japan now, but he was instrumental in launching the podcast. Then Abby Selaraja, she did the hard work of getting the production process honed so that we can get these podcasts out and to you. And now that she's on mat leave, Caroline Buxbaum, who has uh, taken up the challenge and continued to get the podcast uh, out and on high quality. Externally, I'm really grateful to my producer, Sean Rasmussen who has not only put uh, good episodes together, but made me better at what I do. So thanks to all of them. This wouldn't have been possible without their great work.